This is the Shine On You Crazy Daisy podcast, and I'm your host, Trudy Simmons from the Daisy Chain Group, providing platforms for women entrepreneurs to be seen and heard. This platform is for women entrepreneurs that want to hear the real stories of what it takes to be yourself and run a business with all the different hats that you might have to wear. These are the stories of the tenacious, the rebellious, and the resilient women that are working towards the future that they want to build for themselves and their families. Hello and welcome to the Shine On You Crazy Daisy podcast and the Shine On You Crazy Daisy book volume two. And today we are joined by Laura Porter from Laura Porter Interior Design. Laura, thank you so much for being here. Please tell us about your business. Ah, oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be part of this. So uh, my business is named after me. Laura Porter Interior Design was born oh gosh, about 12 years ago now, um, uh, as a result of me leaving my career in interior design in a successful design agency in London and realising I couldn't carry on living that way with um, a very small baby and decided that I didn't want to lose my design career and that the best way forward was to work for myself. So I set up completely alone and with the, the aim really of targeting Hampshire homeowners, which was a bit of a stretch for me because previously I'd done lots of beautiful shop designs. I'd been involved in great projects like House of Fraser, Fortnum Mason. So to suddenly move to interior design for homeowners was a bit, bit of a jump. So it was a quite a steep learning curve to begin with about how to deal with people in their own personal home environment. You've done it. I have, I really have. And yeah, um, I wouldn't go back to retail design because working with real people for their own homes is by far the most satisfying thing you can really do. Well, what really surprised me is um, reading your chapter. And at the beginning, you seemed so confident around talking about being an artist. And, yeah. Yeah. But then you mentioned about that voice that, that we all have in our brains, that mind monkey that comes around. What was yours saying to you? I think it, it probably didn't creep in until my teenage years, really, uh, all the way through school. It was, I'm going to be an artist. I'm going to make stuff. I'd spent my whole childhood making all the time. Everything was about making, creating, drawing, lots of drawing. And so I hadn't really questioned it. And I guess part of just growing up and beginning to be aware of what other people are doing, and oh, they're not like that. They don't want to do that. They want to become doctors and, mm. you know, um, business owners and entrepreneurs and I just sort of started questioning well I, I can't do that that's not what what I'm going to do I'm going to be an artist but oh maybe I can't be an artist maybe you know maybe even that's too good for me because you have to be really good to be an artist you have to just sell your art people have to just like your stuff straight away so already that was sort of chipping away at me that oh probably shouldn't just be an artist because that's going to be really difficult only the greats become real artists and so I guess I was kind of already narrowing down my expectations for life really and, and I think school and education does that to you anyway because mm. it's telling you you've got to find a vocation you can't just do the thing you love doing at home you have to find a way of making that something that's actually going to bring in some money so the process of college and university was probably saying to me you've got to you've got to turn this your skills into something that can be monified to keep you going through throughout your life and I think that's probably what happens to lots of people really. yeah well, the other thing that you talk about is imposter syndrome and yeah. how it's affected you and how that those mind monkeys get in and, and take a hold of keeping yeah. you back because of what they're saying. So and um, what does imposter syndrome do to you now? 
it it's still there it, it's very peaks and troughs I think I guess it's related to general anxiety in life when things are on a bit of a downward trajectory be they in personal life or family life you can start going oh gosh you know I don't I don't think these new clients I've got really like me actually why would they like me the work I've just done is rubbish and that's how it goes you know you you hit a vulnerable moment in your life and then everything just descends mm. and I've learned to try and ignore them that they're not really there to do me harm I've tried to see the mind monkeys as actually something that can drive me mm -hmm. the mind monkeys are just sanity checking they're going but have you really made sure you you've ticked all these boxes have you really made sure this is what your client wants have you really made sure that you know you're giving them everything you promised them so I try and see the mind monkeys now as a yeah as a as that horrible PE teacher who would tell you you weren't doing enough press-ups or you couldn't do enough press-ups to make you do those press-ups. Yep. So I try and think of them that way, that they're really there not to really destroy me, but to push me harder. I, you. I like that. That's a good way of looking at something as well to, to keep you positive. Yeah, absolutely. You also made the really brave decision to let go of one business that was thriving and go back to putting your time into interior design. But how did you make that decision? I think it was uh, partly uh, the the business previously was very much kind of a small scale craft led business, which couldn't grow. It got to the point where it was only what I could physically fit into my day, literally how many things I could sew and decorate and make. And the 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 last tax return I did for that year was just so depressing. And I thought, you know what, no matter how hard I work on this business, mm. I can't increase it. I can't, I can't really, and I can't really earn enough money for the hours I'm putting in, yeah. spending time away from my family. Sometimes I pack my husband and kids off for the weekend down to my in-laws mm. and then find that, you know, I still didn't have enough time to finish everything. Mm. It was, it was mad really. So combination of sensible business head saying you shouldn't do this anymore. And the other part of me saying, oh, this was your passion. You used to love doing this as a hobby. And now you've made it something you're trying to make money off. So stop doing that. Mm. keep all keep it as your hobby but return to something that you've trained in a, a, I think it was my brother-in-law once said to me but you've trained to be an interior designer you've put time and effort into building up a career mm. and are you just going to let that go and I thought well no I'm going to have to face my fear because really the only thing really stopping me was just fear of failure fear really? that if I really put my all into Laura Porter interior design it would still bomb I still mm. wouldn't have enough customers and clients and luckily that doesn't seem to have been the case I'm gonna say it wasn't luckily I'm gonna say you've worked very hard <laughs> um, and you deserve all the success that comes to you but it is um it is amazing when you let go of a business and the decisions that go around that decision of um, uh, whether it's money driven or lifestyle driven or the fact that you may have lost some passion for it or you've decided that that thing that you loved doing is a hobby and doesn't need to be a business and go back to loving it just for fun yeah um, yeah that's it, so true it's a really big thing that you did in in I'm pretty sure you said in there it was going back to interior design. Well, it was because, you know, when uh, when my first son was nine months old, I set up Laura Porter Interior Design and I gave it a really good crack. But it was on very difficult circumstances. I think I was my husband was working flexi time. I was able to work one day a week where I could actually book to go out and see people. The rest of the time I was a full time mother at home bringing up this baby. So there wasn't a lot of time I was really dedicating to that business. 
So when I got pregnant again with my second son, I was like, well, I'm off the hook now. Don't really have to do interior design anymore. I'll just, I'll just be a mum again. And, and that's all right. And it's just me, just that static me and imposter syndrome going, yeah, you can't do this. Oh, you shouldn't bother. You should have just packed it in and not bothered. And uh, I think really when my second son was hitting school age, I thought, no, come on, this is the time. You either do it now or you don't do it anymore. Yeah. Stop doing it to yourself. And here we are. Yeah. <laughs> you could tell your younger self something to get through that, that monkey mind that can happen. What would it be? I think it's really, that's, that's so tough, actually. That is so tough because I still don't have the best of advice for myself currently so to give my younger self advice is always tough but I think I would just say you know those those mind monkeys are not what you think they are they're not really there to do you harm they're there to keep keep you on top of your game a friend of mine said to me that you wouldn't be a great designer if you weren't constantly questioning yourself the fact you're constantly questioning yourself is because you want to do the absolute best and I think I'd be saying that this is not someone telling you you're rubbish this is your inner self telling you you can keep being even better Oh, I really like that. That's really good. So if there was one lesson that you were going to tell every entrepreneur, what would it be? Uh, I've, I've still I've stolen this. This is a, a piece of advice that rings in my head all the time. And I think it was the, the great actor, Steve Martin, comedian who I love. He said, be so good, they can't ignore you. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. And I think, you know, whatever you're doing, Whatever project you're on, whatever person you're going to meet, whatever situation you're in, you just give it 100% mm -hmm. every time because you never know what it's going to turn into. You know, I approach everything, every meeting with any client, no matter who they are, with the same kind of, well, I don't know, the same effort, really. Mm -hmm. I, put everything, I put everything, the same vavoom, I put it all in for every single person, for every single circumstance relating to my business so that... I'm always going to leave an impression, hopefully. And even if it's not right at that time, it will trickle in somewhere else to someone else at some point in time, I think. That is brilliant. Get it printed somewhere. Everybody. I, I think I have. I think, I think it's going to go up top of my wall. We're having a massive home renovation at the moment. So everything is all over the place. But I'm pretty sure I had that print somewhere. And um, what's your favourite piece of business software? Ah, well... This was a great one. This was another one of my monkey minds was you, you can't be an interior designer. You don't have proper CAD software. How are you going to do this? And I think at the time, the, the piece of software I wanted to buy was thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds. It was just not an option. Mm -hmm. So I discovered something called SketchUp, which is a wonderful piece of 3D software. If you're remotely involved in the 3D world or designing mm -hmm. in 3D, if that's product design, whatever, it's brilliant. It's a super easy to learn um very natty bit of software and it's so important to me now because you can just sort of model things really quickly on the spot it's like a toy really you just stretch and pull and all of a sudden you've created a room and now I go to consultations and I literally just model stuff up in front of people on my screen and they love it they love the instantaneousness yeah. of seeing proposals right there because people are rubbish at visualizing you have to show mm. them stuff to for them to understand what you're getting at so yes oh, I love that SketchUp's never, brilliant. Never know who's going to need that. So thank no, you very much. No. Uh, Laura, what an absolute pleasure to speak to you. And oh, can't you. wait to get your story out in the book and for people to listen to this podcast. And don't let those mind monkeys take over. Thank I you. Try not to. You're welcome. Thank you, Trudy. Thank you for listening. 
If you like what you've heard, please leave a review and come back for more inspiration. And if you're ready for more motivation, please go to my website and buy the Shine On You Crazy Daisy series of books with inspirational and motivating stories from businesswomen around the world. But wait, there's more. Come and join the Shine On You Crazy Daisy membership for knowledge, accountability, networking, co-working and support. We will give you the knowledge that you need in a workshop and the support and encouragement to implement for the growth of your business. More details are available on my website, thedaisychaingroup.com.